The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek preview podcast for the first time this season. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer at prideofdetroit.com. It's going to get used, got to get used to saying that. Uh, you can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me as always for First Bite to help us break down the Lions upcoming game, uh, the senior editor of Pride of Detroit. You didn't get a news title quite yet. Uh, but you're, I mean, you're, you're working your way there uh, at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. Hi buddy. What's going on? Dude. I'm so glad that there's room for me in here with, uh, with your head as big as it is. Um, <laughs> awesome. Hey, it's week one, man. We've been, we've been waiting so long for this. I'm super excited. And we have an awesome guest who knows his stuff when it comes to Philly football. Yes. And, and you, the listener may know him. He was here last year. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he is, uh, I, I also, I, I assume the producer, I forgot to look up your official title, but I think it's the producer of Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, you can find him at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. It's Brandon Lee Gowton. How's it going, buddy? Hey guys. Uh, I just made up my own title really. Uh, oh. just, you know, I, that's, you, that's what you can do. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like anything in life, you just say it very confidently and then people assume it to be true. Oh, so what is it? Uh, I, I call them, it doesn't matter, but I, I, I have it listed on my Twitter bio as a manager and editor in chief. It sounds way more important. And actually, uh, it, it really is. I just like to change mine every like six months so that it feels like I can continue to get promotions. True. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us, Brandon. Uh, uh, if this is your first time joining us for a preview podcast, uh, we, we always bring in a guest from the opposing team. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit of a different format this year. We're going to we're just going to kind of break down the matchup from when the Lions have the ball and from when the opponent has the ball. And we're going to start with when the Lions have the ball, because to me, that is the more exciting, at least uh, for from the Detroit perspective of what happens. And I want to start with uh, the Lions offensive line versus the Eagles defensive line, because I think that's the marquee matchup. And we have some news. Uh, on the Lions end of things with Halapuli Vati Vaitai going to injured reserve, a guy that you know quite well, I'm sure, Brandon. Um, Lions are in a bit of a pickle right now in terms of who to, to fit into that right guard spot. And I actually want to throw this to you, Ryan, first, because Tommy Kramer, uh, the guy that I think many assumed would be just the guy that they slipped in there, was not at practice today dealing with an injury. So, Ryan, what do we do? 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, first and foremost, do we have to issue a formal apology for jinxing uh, the Lions' offensive line? I, last I mean, podcast? It, it's it's Chris's fault because I I mean I did my best to cut him off at the pass and be like, hey, we can't assume. But yeah, but we're here, and we're here. the line the Lions are they're in this situation now where before Dan Campbell takes to the podium today, it doesn't really seem like much of uh issue in terms of, Hey, it's going to be Tommy Kramer. Like he's been repping there at right guard. He's looked pretty darn good in the preseason so far, albeit against, you know, primarily second team and third string players. It seemed like a natural fit. I mean, the guy played a lot last season too, and he played a lot at right guard. So why not just go with Tommy Kramer and, then all of a sudden Dan Campbell's like, we might move Frank Ragnar to right guard. We might, we might move Nene Sewell to right guard and start Matt Nelson. And I said, Dan Campbell, I'm calling your BS right now. This is called competitive advantage. This is you trying to just game the system right now, because I truly think that he's just throwing stuff out there to totally just play the sound bites. Like, I, I don't think that they're throwing things at the wall. I think the plan is Tommy Kramer. If he can't go, I think it's Logan Stenberg. I really do. Yeah. And, and I mean, the reason I think that is just because Stenberg has looked good this preseason. Now the problem is that he hasn't played right guard since preseason of last year right. against the Indianapolis Colts. But with that being said, I, I don't think that you move Penesul again. I, I think, I think that's the least likely of all scenarios. The Frank Ragnow thing at least got me to think. It, it right. got me. It got me to think, right, Jeremy? Like, does it make sense to move him and move Evan Brown over to center? Well, it depends on what your goal is. Because if your goal is to get the best five guys out there, I think the answer is yes. That's it probably is. it, right? Yeah. Um, and and I, I, it's it's tough because you don't want to remove your best player from his best position, right? <laughs> like that's that's what you'd be doing with moving Frank Ragnow to to right guard and. Listen, I I didn't see them do any of that in the 15 minutes of practice we got to watch. I did see some Penesul in at guard. Um, and I, I think, and this is where we'll bring Brandon in the discussion, because I feel like the rationale for maybe throwing Sewell in the middle is that the Eagles have a couple of guys right there in the middle that have to kind of be handled. They have a very large man in the middle that <laughs> needs to be handled. His name is Jordan Davis. He yeah. is the... Uh, a little lion's angle here. He's the second most athletic prospect, according to relative athletic score, only behind Calvin Johnson uh, once upon a time. So, yeah, he's kind of a freak in nature. Um, their defensive line and really the offensive line, too. I mean, the Eagles won a Super Bowl a few years ago by that. Like, they, they built their team, believes building in the trenches, very important. So, uh, I would say their offensive line probably better than their defensive line, but, I mean, you still have Fletcher Cox back there. Javon Hargrave was limited today in practice. He's been missing some time with a toe injury, but I'm guessing he's going to play. Um, he was really hot for the team early last season. Uh, and then, obviously, they signed Hassan Reddick. Uh, so, there's there's a lot of edge rushing talent here. Brandon Graham, uh, a Michigan alum, sure. uh, was looking really good in training camp, which is crazy to say, coming off a, a, a Achilles injury and he's 34 years old, but yeah. uh, for a team that did finish like towards the bottom of the league in sacks last year, uh, I still think it's a, it's a good defensive line. I expect it to be better than it was last year. Well, let's talk about them a little bit because yeah, pass rush is, is, is what it is. And it, I think maybe that's where the lines can, can neutralize the best. They, they got some good pass protectors, but um, how, how are they in terms of defending the run? Because 
I think that's what the lines are, are really going to try to do this year. And obviously um, without, uh, without Vitae, that, that kind of complicates things. So how well equipped are, are guys like Hargraves and, and obviously Fletcher Cox is, is pretty darn good at it. And um, so how, how well equipped have, do you think they are at stopping the run and, and maybe how, how good have they been at doing that in the preseason? Yeah, I think they're pretty stout there. Um, I think that's something we saw throughout uh, joint training camp practices too against the Eagles practice against the Browns, who obviously have some prolific runners in uh, sure. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And then uh, and then the Dolphins as well. The, the defense did struggle a bit more in Miami against the pass, but against the run, they were shutting things down on a regular basis there. So I feel pretty confident about their ability. Again, it'll be interesting to see. We don't exactly know what Jonathan's defense is going to look like in year two with this idea that he has more talent now now to work with and maybe he can kind of do some different things different looks you have jordan davis he's just such a unique player who in theory is going to draw uh extra blockers on him there were times in the preseason where you would see him getting like triple teamed <laughs> or if he wasn't just like straight up pushing people back so he's certainly an intriguing guy to keep an eye on there but even the linebackers too i mean who are flowing behind them like tj edwards who really kind of was elevated last year in Detroit. Like that's when he kind of started to take a ton of snaps and, and earn a starting role there last year. Um, he's really solid. And Kaiser White's had a really good training camp. So if you include those guys in two, I feel, I feel confident about the run defense. And we already talked about Vitae, you know, being out. And this seems like it might be the game of familiar faces in different places. So let's talk a little bit about the Lions wide receivers versus the Eagles defensive backs. Um, Darius Slay still in Philadelphia. Um, seemed like he played pretty darn good last season, seemed like a player that maybe Matt Patricia shouldn't have got rid of, but, uh, <laughs> that all to the side, how good of a duo Brandon do the Eagles have when it comes to cornerbacks and, and, and slay and, and the re- recently acquired James Bradbury. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, slay, I think, you know, he still is what he is. He's a really good top cornerback. Um, I feel like he thinks he's disrespected. I'm sure that's not a surprise to you guys. <laughs> he's pretty vocal about it. Uh, he just named a team captain. I don't know if you guys saw that either, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Players voted on him, which is kind of funny. You know, he's more, uh, you don't think of him as like a captain kind of player in terms of just, you know, like, uh, like he's, he's joking around all the time, right. um, but uh, players here clearly respect him. I thought he looked really good in training camp. Um, there were times where AJ Brown had his number, but it's AJ Brown. So that's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, James Bradbury also really good in training camp and, and honestly probably did a better job on AJ Brown than Slay did. I think in theory Slay is better, you know, with maybe some of the the smaller or the faster guys, whereas Bradbury has, does better against size. So I think that was kind of a matchup specific thing, but both of those guys are really good. And then don't sleep on Avante Maddox in the slot either. He's coming off a pretty decent year there. Um, not going to say he's like a top five slot, but maybe like top 10. Like he's, he's pretty, he's a quality player. He's definitely above average. So corners are good. Safety position is a little bit dicier. There's some more question marks there, um, but I feel good about the corners too. Well, let, let's talk about uh, Gardner Johnson, uh, the guy. Also, a, another recent uh, addition. Um, I know there's been talk about him maybe in the slot, maybe him at safety. Is, is do you have an indication of, of where he's expected to play? Yeah, he'll be he'll be a safety for this team, and in, in part just because I mean the Eagles released Anthony Harris, who is really strange because. Um, they liked him a lot. Seemingly they brought him in from Minnesota last year, reuniting him with Jonathan Gannon, where they both were together on the Vikings. And then Harris, Harris comes in on a $5 million deal plays like, okay, they go sign him for half that this year, one year, uh, 2.5 million. He's like leading the team huddle, uh, in preseason games. 
leading up to the season. And then they just cut him <laughs> and they brought him back on the practice squad briefly, but he just left again earlier this week. So uh, he's gone. And Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's played something like 80 snaps in his career at safety is like the new guy. Uh, I don't know exactly how that transition is going to look like from the standpoint of, I don't even know if he's going to play. Like, I don't know what a snap count is going right. to look like in this first game. He just joined the team like a week ago. So I can't right. imagine he's playing like a hundred percent of the snaps. Um, Marcus Epps is, is the free safety here. He'll be playing the entire game. Um, Conchie Gardner is going to, Conchie Gardner Johnson's going to play again. I don't know how much, I don't know how effective you can be coming in. He does make plays on the ball. He's a reputation of that, but it's a big question mark. Well, I, I want to know who's going to cover TJ Hawkinson because you bring up Avante Maddox and he he's a guy who, who's working out of the slot for Philadelphia at the time being right now, but he's much smaller, 5'9", 180, not a big guy. So do the do the Eagles have like a, a matchup guy for tight ends or are they going to, you know, pri- primarily maybe move somebody from the from the second line, the linebackers to maybe guard TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think Kaiser White is probably a strong contender there. Uh, he's a guy who has a reputation for being, uh, you know, he's very athletic and he's a reputation uh, in coverage as opposed to being, you know, more of like a run stopper. He yeah. actually played on a quite atrocious Chargers run defense last year. Yeah, um, West Virginia, right? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think probably we could see him there. Well, I, I kind of want to flip things around a little bit because – you know, we're talking a lot about the, the Eagles defenders here. I'm, I'm curious as to your outlook on the Lions wide receiving core, or just the receiving core, if you want to throw the tight ends and, and running backs in there. Is there someone on the Lions core that you think the, the Eagles might be ill-equipped to, to defend? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, if Jamison Williams is here, I would say so. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bummed he's not because I, I really liked him. I wanted yeah. the Eagles to, to to draft him. I wanted to get a look at him in the NFL. I'm really excited, obviously, for, for you guys when he does return because I, I think he's a tremendous player. Um, I like Anaman Ra St. Brown. Um, I can't say I'd be lying if I said I've seen a ton of him, but like from what limited Lions action I did see last year and some of the good things, I'm intrigued by him, certainly. Um DJ Shark is such an interesting player in that, like, like there's there's tools there. Um, you you can see why there's an appeal, but like the success was a while ago now, and it's interesting because he was on the Eagles' radar, but obviously they didn't get it done. He he picked Detroit, um, or, the, or they passed over on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the two guys. Obviously, I think that are the most worrisome. But with the Eagles, and this is a very rare thing. This is not like a, a thing that Eagles fans have had the luxury of saying like ever or in a long time. I feel good about the cornerbacks and how uh, they can stack up. Against against that. So I, I guess the last question that we have to ask about the Eagles defense is how improved is it from a year ago? Because last year, not good this year, maybe question mark. Like where, where are the biggest question marks for the Eagles? You know, is, is it their, is it their defensive front? Is it at the second you know level? Is it their defensive backfield? It seems like from all indications, like they have a lot of cool pieces in the defensive backfield, but where, where's the biggest question mark on this Eagles defense for them to take a step from last year? I think it's really the defensive coordinator. I mean, the way I'm going to frame this is like Jonathan Gannon should not be back on the Eagles in 2023 because either he does a great job with this defense and somehow he was getting coaching interviews last year. I don't know how that, or earlier this year, I don't know how that was happening. Um, but either that like he does really good and that heats up again and he gets hired away or he underachieves again and he should absolutely be gone last year uh the eagles finished 25th in defensive dvoa i know the roster wasn't like amazing and they've added and they needed to add a lot of talent to it 
but you, I don't think anyone can argue strongly like that he maximized the talent that he had. I'm not asking them to be a top five unit, but they could have been you know closer to average last year, and they also could have not allowed five quarterbacks to complete over 80 percent or more of their passes <laughs> against him. So uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Gannon, especially after you add all this talent. Like it's clearly on him. Like if, if the defense underperforms, it's not like oh the talent's not good enough. No, like the talent is there. The defensive coordinator just might not be good. So really the big question is him. And specifically when it comes to good quarterbacks too, like the Eagles were able to kind of, you know, they, they beat like Garrett Gilbert and Jake Fromm and, and, and Jared Goff. Jared last Goff year. Yeah. yeah. I'll throw him <laughs> Wait in a there. Second. <laughs> but the, uh, the good ones, like, you know, any kind of, any kind of quarterback with a pulse, like Derek Carr, um, Tom Brady's obviously pretty good. Uh, Herbert. Um, so good quarterbacks too, but like destroyed by them. So we need to not see that this year. So Brandon Lee Gowden already calling for a coach to be fired before week one even starts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about when the Eagles have the football and we're going to get into some predictions. So stick with us here on First Bite as we come back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are back here on First Bite, previewing Lions versus Eagles week one with Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. Let's get to when the Eagles have the ball. And Brandon, I got a bone to pick with you because the last time you were on the show, you were telling me how bad the Eagles were, especially their offense, especially Jalen Hurts, who now is maybe the quarterback of the future. Um, so I, I let's let's flash back. To, to, to what your thoughts were then and then flash forward to where you are with him now. Who is Jalen Hurts and and how confident are you that the, the Eagles have their franchise quarterback? So glad you don't have like the audio pulled of me talking last year. <laughs> we are not that technically terrible. sound. <laughs> okay, good. No, um, I mean, I, I feel like the, the feeling I was feeling at that time was valid. I mean, they changed a lot. Like things changed. It wasn't like they were kept doing what they were doing and we were all wrong. It's like, no, they needed to change and they did, but uh, to answer the question about Jalen Hurts, I think it's very clear what he is at this point, and that is a win-with kind of player, um, a guy who I think you can kind of compare maybe to Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, that kind of like 
tier level of a quarterback, a guy who um, he's not going to lose. He's not going to go out and like be this big disaster and you're going to lose the game because of him. But also like, you know, he's not going to raise the entire team around him and to his, uh, I don't know if it's credit, but the situation he's in right now doesn't necessarily have to like make everyone better. I mean, he has AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and one of the league's best offensive lines to all work with there uh, and Miles Sanders in the running game. Um, So that's good. But if we're talking about long-term, my thing is you're not going to have that every year, you know, especially when you pay the quarterback, which Jalen Hurts is currently still in his rookie deal. He's eligible for an extension after the season. You you can't just retain all that once you're paying the quarterback contract. So I want to see more signs that they can win because of him. I'm not saying he has to carry the team every single game, but there need to be more moments like that. And uh, to this point, and coming off the training camp that he had, I thought there were signs of improvement in terms of working the middle of the field. I thought there were times where he was getting the ball out quicker. Jalen Hurts is the slowest time to throw in the NFL each of the last two years. So that's that's imperative. He also targeted the field uh, less than any quarterback last, se- last season and by like a significant amount. So getting A.J. Brown helps in that regard and him doing that in training camp. But those are positive signs. But I think the thing with Jalen Hurts, like his biggest fans will kind of argue he's young. He has upside. He could be Josh Allen. And that's just, I don't think that's a good comparison. And I think he's a lot closer to his ceiling than people realize, because even though he is young, played very like high level college football with some of the best coaches in college football. And he played like a lot. It wasn't the only played like a year or two. Uh, So I think we kind of have a good idea of what he is at this point. And he's closer to his ceiling than people would want to admit. So just answer this question real quick. Do you think that this is a make or break year for Jalen Hurts? I know like the rookie contract, obviously you're going to have to extend him, but like, is, is it like time to do it or time to not do it for him? I think so. I think there's going to be pressure from his camp, especially with the Eagles kind of like flirting with going after Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson this off season. Like they're going to want to see commitment. And also from the Eagles standpoint, do you believe in him or not? Because like the Eagles MO is to extend guys early and he's going to be a free agent after the season. You're not going to, why would you go into 2023 with a lame duck quarterback? I just don't think that's the move. I feel well, that. Yeah. Let's it, and it's, it's kind of interesting. Cause it feels like some of that conversation is almost the same that we're having with, with Jared Goff, right? Like, especially <laughs> the, like you put a perfect situation around him and then, you know, maybe it actually kind of works, but is he the guy that's going to go out and win you ball games? They're, they're very different quarterbacks, <laughs> but but kind of in very similar conundrums, right? Conditions are perfect. It's business time. That's right. Uh, let, let's move to some of uh, Jalen Hurts' weapons. Uh, we, we've already mentioned A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. First of all, how good has that duo looked in training camp? And and is, is Jalen Hurts capable of getting them the ball consistently? Oh, I mean, uh, A.J. Brown, yes, very much so. I mean, he was targeting him more often than anyone else uh, mm-hmm. time and time again. It was just... It was crazy. Um, and it was working. I don't blame him. Like, it wasn't like, I, I think at one point I, I tweeted during training camp, all Dylan Hurts does is throw to AJ Brown. And some people are like taking that as a, compl- it wasn't a complaint. I'm just saying this is what's happening in front of my eyes. Uh, so I expect a huge season for AJ Brown. He just basically looked unstoppable most of training camp. I mean, he's made some really impressive catches that later on in camp maybe weren't even as exciting uh, to people watching practice as they should have been just because we had seen him do it already. It's like, oh, another one-handed catch. Yeah, again. (laughs) Uh, So he's doing really well. And then Devontae Smith missed some time in camp. I'm very high on him as a talent. I think he might suffer a little bit in terms of volume this year because you do have A.J. Brown coming into the mix. 
Dallas Goddard is still here. I think those two guys might be the, the guys when it comes to uh, leading the targets, the top two. But Devontae Smith's a very, I think he's going to be uh, important as an efficient player. He's a great route runner. And I think him and Hertz don't necessarily have the best game. That's like, they're not, they're not exactly uh, ideal fits. I think there's something to uh, Devontae Smith and his game being about precision that you need that timing. And so when Devontae Smith won the Heisman, uh, he had Mac Jones, a guy who gets the ball out quick and kind of known for accuracy and timing and all that. So I don't know that they're stylistically uh, the best fit, but Devontae Smith is still a really talented player and uh, he's going to be a nice compliment to what they have in Brown and Goddard as well. Can, can you talk a little bit more about Goddard? Just because I think he's maybe like the best kept secret at tight end in the NFL. Like this guy is so good that the Eagles were totally comfortable. I don't know. Zach Ertz was a little bit long in the tooth, but like, by the same account, like tight ends, they, most of them, and a guy like Zach Ertz would age pretty well, but the Eagles, they, they, they got Goddard. They've kept him there for so long. And I, I just, I think he's probably like it. He could have a breakout season. It wouldn't surprise me if Goddard's like in the top five tight end conversation by the end of the year. I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, there's no, like you can't really poke holes in his game. Like he's a good blocker and he catches the ball pretty well. Uh, if, you take his pace uh, from until so, so he played nine games after the Zach Ertz trade. And he, that was the first time got it's ever been like the full time undisputed number one tight end. Uh, if you take his pace from those nine games to end the season and you extrapolate that over the course of a 17 game season, which obviously isn't an exact science, but just to give you context, you're looking at 117 targets or 83 receptions, 12,000 yards and four touchdowns. Like, and that's that would be second in tight ends last year. Uh, only Travis Kelsey was higher with thirteen sixty one. So yeah, I think I think he's going to have a huge season. I think he's going to hit a thousand yards at least. Um, again, there's really no holes in his game. So uh, he's absolutely a guy to bet on. Well, look, can I ask a question to Jeremy then? Sure. How, who on the Lions defense matches up with that guy? Maybe Iffy. I mean. If he, if he came back to practice today, uh, if and it seems like he's going to be in a very specialized role to, to start the year. And I, I, here's the thing. I don't know if he's going to be ready. He, he missed like two, three weeks of, of training camp. So returning to practice now doesn't guarantee that he's going to be active on game day. Um, but I feel like he's probably your best bet. He's long, he's tall. He, he's, he can be physical. Um, but, but I don't know how the rest of the secondary shakes out, right? Like, are, are you putting Jeff Okuda on, on AJ Brown, you know, his first game back from, from the injury? Are, are you, I, I think the lines technically like to play sides. So maybe it's, it's more dependent on just where the Eagles line these guys up. But if I can throw it right back to you, Ryan, like how, how, what's the fear factor here of, of mm. the Lions DBs versus Eagles receiving core? It's life in the NFL, right? Like it's exactly what Jeff Okuda went through in his rookie season. Like it's baptism, it's trial by fire. Like yeah. that, I mean, that's just the way it is in the league. Like it, if you're an NFL team and you don't have a number one receiver, you're the Chicago bears. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) if you don't have two receivers, you know what I mean? So like at at this point, like it, yeah. For as concerned as I am about the Eagles passing game against the lions defensive backfield, I'm even more so concerned having flashbacks to what happened in week eight of last year. Understandable. And let's, let's <laughs> transition to that. And let, I guess let's start with the, the Eagles offensive line, Brandon, because I feel like it's, it's mostly the same. I know there was kind of a rotating cast of characters at right guard last year. So what's the status there at right guard now? And and how comfortable are you with the, the status of the offensive line in general? Yeah. I mean, 
it's a really good unit. Uh, I think, especially when it comes to run blocking, I think they're good at very good at pass protecting too, but I would say they might be a little bit more deficient in that area than they are uh, when it comes to run blocking. I mean, Jordan Mailata is coming on as like one of the better left tackles in the NFL last season was his first full season. I think he's like a pro bowl kind of caliber player, especially if he takes another step forward this year. Um, Landon Dickerson did a really good job. I think coming in at guard last year and especially another, he kind of speaking to like better at run blocking than pass protection. I think he's a player who kind of fits the bill there. Jason Kelsey's the future hall of famer at center. He's coming off uh, an elbow issue he had elbow surgery early in training like a month camp. ago right yeah yes and but he wasn't even listed on the injury report today and he said he's playing so uh he'll be good to go it looks like and then yeah Samalo is definitely kind of a uh like we don't know fully what to make of him because he's shifting from left guard where he's really always played to right guard yeah I think he had some experience there in college he played a lot of different positions in college so not really too worried about it but if there would be a weak point on off the line, it would be him there. It's certainly not Lane Johnson next to him. So um, I expect Samala to be fine. I don't think he had a bad training camp by any means. I thought he was solid. Didn't notice him a ton, which I think is probably a good thing. But uh, if I'm the Lions, I'd probably look to kind of attack that spot most. Ryan, do you, do you have any confidence that the Lions have? Because I feel like we've been saying it all offseason, like the interior, that Lions defensive line is is where the, the biggest questions mark, marks are because of injuries, because of, you know, no Josh Pascal, no Levi Onzerike. It doesn't look like he's going to play in this game. Who, I mean, are, 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 is Isaiah Bugs? Is he is he kind of the guy that we're looking forward to to being the, the run stuffer up there? Or does Michael Brockers have something that, that we haven't seen yet? Uh, no. Uh, Ole McNeil then. Yeah, it's just Aleem McNeil. Like, and here's the thing: I'm going to be really intrigued to see how much Aleem plays on Sunday. Not saying that he's, you know, not 100 percent or anything like that. But what I'm suggesting is this is a guy who played nose tackle a year ago. Like, how much how much gas does that guy have in the tank? You know, can he play a lot? If he can play a lot, I feel a lot better about the Lions' defensive interior. I mean, I know their their depth isn't great um, because of the names that you just mentioned that are that are out. And we don't really know if Michael Brockers has a whole lot left in the tank himself, but if Aleem can go and if Aleem can play like at a high, at a high level for a high volume of snaps, I mean, all of a sudden I'm not so worried, right? Because I think the thing that Lions fans are most excited about is the second line. You know what I mean? Is it's yeah. Rodrigo, it's Derek Barnes, it's the guys who are who are making run fits. So I, I think that's a lot of pressure maybe on those guys this week. A, a lot, a lot of pressure, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but I think it's time to turn to our favorite segment of the show and really our only segment of the show. Uh, it's called the one thing we think we know where we make a prediction about the game. I have to always remind everyone. It's not necessarily a score prediction or a win winner prediction. It's one thing that you think, you know, that you're sure is going to happen in this game. And Ryan, you are going to kick us off for the 2022 season. What is the one thing you think, you know, about lions Eagles? The one thing that I think I know, and this is going to be bold, and this isn't from the Ryan Matthews like school of bold takes. Okay, this is actually bold. Okay, the Lions are going to have a better day on the ground than the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh wow, that is scorching hot, dude. I look, Deuce all off season long has been talking about how highly he thinks of DeAndre Swift. Sure. It's put up, it's put up or shut up time right now. Sure. And it, if, if the lions can, if the lions can do anything against the Eagles on the ground, it's going to be off the edges. It's going to be running to Panay's side. It's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be 
it's going to be outside zone stuff. Like it's not going to, I don't think that they're going to have much success on the long, the interior because you're missing Vitae, who's a road grader and they're trying to, they're trying to do anything they can to, to, to make that situation work um, while Vitae's out. But Hey, I mean, let it rip baby. Love it. I love it. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to make you go next. What is the one thing you think, you know, about Lions Eagles? AJ Brown is going to have uh, over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts loves throwing to this guy. Uh, this maybe it's not even bold necessarily. <laughs> Just be from this, the two touchdowns is for sure. That's not a guarantee. <laughs> but like the over 100 yards, I feel very confident in that because he's just going to get a ton of targets. Um, it's it's going to happen. I have not seen anyone really have a great answer for AJ Brown to this point. I mean, obviously, I've only seen him going up against the Eagles in practice. And I did say Bradbury did well against him sometimes. But on the whole, I mean, not much stopping him. He's probably one of the things I feel like most confident in about the Eagles right now. It's just like, yeah, AJ Brown's a really freaking good wide receiver. Yeah, I feel like really the line's only defense there, and, and no offense to Jeff Okuda or Mani Orari, is their their pass rush getting home. And that's something we didn't really talk about, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's debut. And, and I, I, I want to keep banging the table. Like, I think Charles Harris is going to have a complete like I know last year was technically his breakout year. I think he has 11 plus sacks this year. Wow. But the but the one thing I think I know and I'm going to kind of go back to to Ryan's prediction a little bit but be a little bit more all encompassing and say I think there will be over 300 rushing yards combined in this game. Uh I and I and I think the good news for Detroit is that if that's what happens in this game, we're going to see some really long possessions and this game is going to be a lot closer than maybe some some people in Philly think, I think, I think we're, we're in for maybe even a high offense, but low scoring game, if that makes sense. Uh, given that, that both teams, I think really want to establish the run and, and have good offensive fronts to do it. So that's where I'm at for this game. Brandon, before we let you go, before we close things out, let me uh, give you the stage here to, to promote your stuff. Maybe things that, that lions fans will be uh, interested in and, and where they can find you on the interwebs. Uh, sure. Thanks for having me, guys, as always. Uh, last thing I'll say about the game real quick, because I do think the Lions cover. I think the, the, the four, four. The well, I've seen it bump up to four and a half, which makes me feel better about the Eagles. But it's been sitting at four. And when I was seeing it sitting at four, I'm like, there's other games out there this week that have bigger spreads than that. And everyone like nationally like loves the Eagles right now. They're like, oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And there seems to be so much confidence just from the Eagles fan base and generally that the Eagles are going to win the game, but like the line doesn't necessarily match up with that. So uh, I think the Lions have a chance to cover, especially having the bad tastes in their mouths and Dan Campbell, like beating this drum. This is the team that beat us 44 to six, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be fired. And the, I, you guys reported at Pride of Detroit that the game is sold out. So yeah. I feel like, you know, going to be uh going to be a, a rough atmosphere to come into, but um, yeah, I do think the Eagles win, but I think it'll be kind of close for comfort uh, too close for comfort for the Eagles side. Um, you can follow me at Brandon Gowton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check me out on the SB Nation NFL show where we have a new kind of new setup there where we're going to be previewing not only Eagles Lions, but every game on the NFL slate ahead of week one and every week there alongside uh, RJ Ochoa and Rob Stats Guerrera. So you can check that as well. And, uh, you know, Bleeding Green Nation It's a good place to go for the Eagles side of things as they prepare to play the lions did a question and answer exchange with uh, Mike Payton. So that'll be up on the site soon. Awesome. Yeah. The bleeding green nation has as long time been kind of the, the measuring stick of, for everyone else over there on SB nation. And uh, 
happy to to almost be at least in the conversation of of that group now um but Brandon, you guys are coming for us man you're gonna overtake us <laughs> we, we had a good cuts week i'll just say that uh <laughs> but uh thank you all for listening thank you for brandon for joining us uh we'll be doing our men sim saturday morning here on the twitch channel twitch.tv slash pride of detroit but for the podcast listeners this is the last time we're going to talk to you until the lines are one and oh so until then it's chaos be kind 